0: Someone someone on the brother channel was saying like this this storm is a reckoning, <laughs> meaning that Florida did something. I was like, Oh yeah, there was Creed <laughs> Talky talk the podcast for the media us.com joining me today is TJ yeah Brent yeah and Chris yeah and my name is David. yeah <laughs> yeah and today we're going to be talking our previous homework assignment Bronson by Nicholas Winning Reffin and then our main topic talking prison movies. but first talking Bronson and uh, Chris assigned it do you want to intro a little bit what Bronson's about? As much as you possibly yeah. can. <laughs>
1: yeah, not to like get in, involved in in the narrative of it at all, but uh, it's about a British guy who always wanted to be famous and figured he would do it by becoming the most notorious prisoner ever, and it kind of follows his journey, his like a, like a snapshots of his trip through the. Uh, penal system in the UK, um, and that's basically what what it is mm-hmm. basically um, at what? the he face is. level. Yeah, yeah. Um, based on a true story, true person. Thomas Hardy plays uh, Bronson, whose real name is what's it, Mike Peterson and yeah, Michael Peterson. Yeah. Um, which I didn't know that Charles Bronson was a pseudonym, um, yeah. but that's his prisoner persona as Charles Bronson, and. Yeah, that's, that's, that's where it kicks off. It's a crazy movie, right?
0: Yes.
2: Yep. Your, what this this what was your, the
0: second time I saw it. Yeah. So uh, I came in that the first time, it's kind of an insane movie. Yeah. yeah. I came in the first time and a lot of it is like a shock visually and like the things you see. So the second time through, I saw it with a little bit of the shock dulled. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I took it down a little bit of a, of a grade because of that. Mm-hmm. I think some of it is like first time only viewing. Right. And some of it is a little, for me, it was a little kind of plodding after that. Yeah, there's some there's
1: some campiness in the delivery. Uh, I'm thinking particularly about the one man show mm-hmm. the uh, where he does the two face routine. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's a really good kind of. Fun, like, why is this here, vaudeville moment. Mm-hmm. But I can see how, like, on a second watch, elements like that would get a little, not obviously predictable, but would, would be diminished quite a bit.
2: Mm-hmm. I really like that scene, though. Yeah, uh, and, I think it's really yeah, good. And I really liked the vaudeville aspect in general of, of him because it just fits his personality so well in mm-hmm. that movie. That, like, that he's too big a character, he's too big a personality to just Show him in a normal biopic sense mm-hmm. that he he treats the world like it. He is on stage, and mm-hmm. I think that's a perfect setting for him to like. I don't know, express himself that way. Yeah, yeah.
0: he's always striving for his expression, which comes out when he does like some arts and crafts later.
2: Yeah, which is uh,
1: true life. Uh, it's that that is what Charles Bronson does now. Mm-hmm. He is a professional artist, and his pieces like sell for a lot of money.
0: And I think some of his original stuff is in the movie, like mm-hmm. the stuff where you see the animation on screen. Yeah, later on um, in the movie. Yeah,
1: right. yeah, it's it's it looks like, you know, punk rock artwork. Yeah. Like brains and knives, and it's like people's tongues getting ripped out and stuff, and really kind of uh, harkens to his ultraviolent tendencies. But. I, I liked it. I, I wanted to fill the hole in my uh, NWR resume. I'd seen all of his modern movies except for Bronson. I'm kind of working backwards. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and so next, I guess I'm going to Valhalla Rising and then uh, the Pusher trilogy.
0: Yep. Um, I recommend... Uh, I haven't seen the third one. I've seen the first two Pusher movies. Mm-hmm. They're in uh, Norwegian. Where's Nicholas Winning Refn from? He's, I think, wherever Mads Mikkelsen is I also from I think he's, he's in the Danish I'm on it. I, well, it's in that language he,
2: I did read that he was uh, he grew up in the US yeah. mm. he was like a teenager in the US so I guess that's why he's seamlessly moved over to
0: English film. Yeah. yeah, I did really like uh, the opening scene the opening fight he has yeah. that's set to that song mm-hmm. uh, it's like a Walker Brothers song I think it's called uh, The Electrician it's so like pretty much sets the sets the tone for what the movie's gonna be.
1: Yeah, him in pacing in a small circle in
0: a cage, like completely naked because the guards have taken his clothes from him. Mm-hmm. And the slow motion fight—it's yeah. a great uh, microcosm of the the movie you're about to see.
2: Yeah, and I like how it comes back around to that at the end when mm-hmm. he's once again naked and covered in black body paint mm-hmm. with that weird that weird head the paper this mache the paper
0: mache thing <laughs> yeah it's so strange he's turning the uh, uh. The, the arts and crafts uh, teacher into like a uh, version of himself it's like mm. painting him mm. after he captures him and when he's done he's like alright come in <laughs> time to actually do his art which is fighting yeah
3: yeah except for now when it's art
0: yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> change his
1: name again I thought it was. I I bring up the other uh, Nicholas Winning Raffin movies because I think this is, uh, from the ones I've seen, the most different of all of them. Kind of, kind of. uh, has he done? Drive. uh, Neon Demon. And the other uh, recent one is uh, Only God Forgives. Right. I've only seen Drive. It feels
3: similar, just in that it's a. It doesn't seem like those movies are like cast movies. Yeah, he has a very
0: visual style. Yeah, Yeah. let's say Bronson's. Pretty dissimilar to Drive, just in the like.
3: Not a, yeah,
0: I was just going to say in the magical realism part of right. it. Right. And yeah. I don't know if I'm using that correctly anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. It's yeah Bre- breaking the fourth wall. I'll right. Cut and breaking narrative a little bit. Yeah, they're they're they're
1: bold direction choices that are made in. Bronson that seemed like over the course of his career, he's toned down, or maybe he just used this as an opportunity, this larger than life character, to show it in a larger than life way, Yeah. Um, and I'm just not smart enough to pick out how they're still so similar, um, despite the
0: narrative being completely
1: off the rails. Right.
0: Yeah. We, we did touch on it, but I will say, like, Tom Hardy does give, like, a toweringly magnetic and physical performance. Yeah. He's it's incredible. Cool. Yeah. In yeah, the movie. Yeah. And just his, like, just him... His line delivery is so out of place with the rest of the world, which mm. is part of his character. Just, like, him, ha- him toying with people, like, when he gets out of prison on, like, a technicality kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he's too expensive to be in prison. Yeah, <laughs> He, like... He gets gathers his personal effects and gets the comb and is, like, menacing with it. He's like, all right, funny boys. <laughs> because he's completely bald. Yeah.
3: So I didn't get to, to rewatch it, so it's been uh, some years since I've seen it. But um I do remember thinking he was really good in it. And also that I haven't really seen him be fantastic in anything else. Is there any chance this is his? His best role, his best work—not his best movie, but
2: his best mm. work. I think it's a good, a good chance. It's his best work. I don't, I don't know for sure. I don't know what else it would be, be. Yeah, with him, he mm. still doesn't have many leading roles, so it's it's hard to compare because he's great.
0: He's fantastic in some supporting stuff. I thought he was great in the Revenant. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he's just fantastic in Inception, in like some small cleanup scenes. I just didn't know.
3: I didn't know it was him, but I still don't know that I would. Like, the one where he looks the most normal.
1: Yeah. Like he looks like a guy on the street. Right. Every other role he plays, he's like a Daniel Day-Lewis where he just transforms. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. I mean, I, if 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 this movie were less, less Nicholas Winding Refn, uh, I think this would be a superb movie. I still liked it, but yeah. the weirdness took away from just how uh. grand... Tom Hardy's acting
0: in. Interesting. You think the director gets in the way of that a little bit? Yeah.
1: I think, I think his, his style mutes just how phenomenal Hardy is.
0: Huh. It's like a sh- character showpiece instead of like a visual, like, uh, for lack of a better term, like, fucking around. Yeah. Like, experimental.
2: Uh, I generally... That's kind of how I feel about Nicholas Winding Refn in general, which is he... He does a good job, but at times he can kind of get in the way of what he's trying to do.
0: Mm-hmm. I think he's a little in check and drive. Yeah. And I think dr- it's a
1: great and, balance. And Neon Demon. Neon Demon gets weird, but it still stays pretty on rails.
2: That's true. I, I really like the Neon Demon.
0: Yeah. yeah. i am be interested what you think about uh, the pusher films. Yeah. I, They're a lot more grounded, but definitely very kinetic movies.
2: <laughs> and I, I really didn't like uh, Only God Forgives. I thought that one was just too much of his style, just... Is it Place Beyond the Pines or Only God Forgives? Only God Forgives. Only
0: God. Yeah. I get those two mixed up because they're both Ryan uh, Gosling. Gosling, right? Yeah. yeah,
2: and they both came out like within like a year of each mm-hmm. other. Place Beyond the Pines is is the mm-hmm. one where Gosling's mm-hmm. only in it for like the first yeah. twenty minutes. That's the
0: Blue Valentine director,
2: yes. the stuntman. I think one. possibly, yeah, yeah. I did not like Only Only God Forgives or Place Beyond the Pines.
3: <laughs> you didn't like
2: either one, right? I liked Place Beyond the Pines. Okay, it's a it's a weird. It's an odd movie because it's like three. I, I don't want to get into it. Yeah, right here, no, but but, you're right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I could. I see what you're saying. Is that like this is just such an incredible performance and the style and direction of the movie kind of it does mute it a mm-hmm. little bit.
0: There's some scenes that definitely feel like weird for weird sake mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. I would say sounds familiar. I was making that statement last night. Talking about well,
3: talking about prison movie. Yeah. Natural board killers. I was saying it was overrated because some of the stuff was out of place. It was in there just to shock you kind Right.
1: And but see that's and that's that's the the weird thing about Bronson is I don't think that there's there's it's not for shock value. Right, It's, it's right. just for like Yeah. Like hmm. I feel like it's pretty true to him.
2: Yeah. Oh <laughs> like, yeah.
1: To it, Michael Peterson. I, I think that there was a there was a there was intent for creating art over film and yeah. I, if, and when you do that you you choose to sacrifice, you know, storytelling, direction, like cinematography and <laughs> acting, because you're you're saying that doesn't necessarily matter because this is the exhibition we want. Um,
3: I find that extremely like, annoying. Cause cause like, yeah, yeah I was
1: it it, it, beca- it became irritating in the scenes where it was like obvious in Bronson. But then there's ones where it like, really paid off, like the, the vaudeville stuff, where it yeah. was like, this is this is a fun look into his, you know, all life is a stage.
3: Yeah, I don't remember having that thought with that movie, but um, I'm sure you're right.
2: Because there's really not a ton of, I mean, I guess I can see why he chose to do that, because there's not a ton of story here. Per se, yeah. I mean, it's a guy in prison who beats the shit to of people. Because right, it's it's a, a guy who goes to prison, gets out of prison, goes back to prison, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And I can see why I'm trying to tell that in a more narrative form would be maybe not as good. But then again, you did have Tom Hardy given just an insanely good performance. Yeah. So mm-hmm. did, did you? Uh, did the uh, did his stage stuff remind you at all? Because it did me of. Um, Jake LaMotta in Raging Bull at the, mm-hmm. the uh, you know, just the, the crazy fighter who just thinks he's there to entertain everybody. Yeah, I haven't seen himself. Raging
3: Bull, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah.
2: It just reminded me of that a little bit. Right. I thought it was good. I think it's definitely something everybody should see because Tom Hardy is a... Is he a is he a star? Is he an emerging star? Is he he's like star. He, he's, he's a yeah. star and yet he doesn't really star in that many things.
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, he starred in a blockbuster Oscar-winning movie. He was the star of that. And he's in comic book franchise movies. Yeah,
0: and yeah. recently in Dunkirk. Yeah, yeah. small role, but he's,
2: he is a he is a commodity. Yeah, right. It's a very unique performance, and I think everybody should watch it. It is most of his
3: that I've seen have been. I'll say in, in favor of Tom Hardy yeah I you know he's supposedly kind of a weirdo you know yeah. just in like a recluse kind of way yeah but the only thing that I haven't liked him in was good at his job I didn't like the show Taboo yeah,
2: was yeah
0: I tried to watch that it's just a little indulgent mm-hmm.
2: never never called it he's either. also one of the bright spots in one of my favorite movies of his which is um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy oh uh, yeah
0: mm-hmm. still haven't seen that
2: me either I feel like you need like a uh, look you, you, you need to three hours
1: it is, it is a it is a long movie and it is not one that you can just like
2: it's not a popcorn movie yeah, it is you, you you watch it you watch that movie it is it is, like a, it is dense I don't know I'm not gonna say yes or no
1: not not for intelligence reasons it might lose her she might just like stop caring
2: yeah it depends
3: she loves those when she cares
2: yeah, sorry to get off cast, but no.
3: she yeah. she loves those when she, when it's something that is pertinent to her.
2: Yeah, there's just no wasted time in that movie, because it's such a dense book.
0: Sure. Is that Bronson? Mm-hmm. I
2: think that's Bronson, unless anyone has any, any closing thoughts on it. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I get why we didn't have a, a super long discussion, because it, it really is more than anything just an acting showcase, and mm-hmm. man, he yeah. really nails it.
0: Yeah. That's what we kind of said beforehand. It kind of is what it is. It's all up there on the on the screen mm-hmm. what it's doing. And I don't think it's saying anything larger than that. No. Yeah. Trying right. to portray this guy's worldview, but I think it does that.
1: Yeah, his 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 unique worldview, one that's not demanded by like the penal code or I mean this is not a commentary on celebrity really even because he is Manufacturing his own brand
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: in the intentionally, <laughs> so he's he is at fault constantly for
2: everything mm-hmm. yeah he is he certainly has a unique worldview he is his own god,
0: I think because of that, anything that isn't directly Bronson is less interesting the stuff with Uncle Jack stuff mm-hmm. with yeah anybody yeah, else is, um, yeah.
2: Yeah, like I can't remember just kind of of focus. any other like performances in the movie, really. No,
1: I, I remembered his his wife being good, but as a complete foil, his first wife uh, when he gets out of prison. Yeah, yeah, he's
3: married again now. He might get out in the next couple of years.
1: He's yeah. When we, when we were talking about this and we we're going to record this, uh, he, he just got permission from the prison system to uh, uh, artificially inseminate the. Uh, the the fan groupie who he's
3: marrying. Yeah.
2: Hmm.
3: Yeah, he's, uh... Good for him?
1: He did
2: sword sort all files in,
3: like, 2014 that hadn't done anything. And then, uh, something like, some really important mail got, like, fucked with by a prison guard and he beat uh, the shit out of the prison guard. Yeah. And then the prison was like, oh, yeah, prison guard fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> fucked with his mail. <laughs> yeah, they weren't delivering his letters. Right.
0: Hmm.
1: <clears throat> but, yeah, that's Bronson, but... Would you recommend it? Yeah, I recommend it for for Tom Hardy's sake. Yeah,
2: yes, yes. yeah. I recommend it, it
1: for for Tom Hardy's sake, and I do think it, it represents an, an end of a spectrum. Not having seen his first four,
3: an end of a spectrum for uh, Winding Refn. It's a black hole for me and maybe I haven't seen. It. So just just drive. I don't know why I keep
1: just like latching onto like directors, like watching everything I can of like. Mason
3: Blair and <laughs> then Nicholas Winding Raffin <laughs> I mean kind of the genesis for the for you know me wanting the podcast with y'all from the get go was me and Brett talking one night and like I don't know why we always land on talking about actors and like what are your top five DiCaprio movies because those it's a way better discussion when you do it with directors because it makes sense it's their movie you know what I mean right if you subscribe to the auteur theory
1: <laughs> Anyone listening at home, TJ has been wielding a hammer for no apparent reason for this guy. Thor! You idiot! <laughs> He's, for part of this, he was just pressing it against his forehead like he was driving some mental nails through
3: it. Still had a hangover. It's cold, it feels good. Okay.
1: <laughs> Alright, then
0: we can transition to our talk about prison movies in general.
3: Yeah.
1: So I wrote up a little thing we're going to go through, uh, kind of an outline. But I do think it's important. I want to know, for this, what do we consider a prison movie? And what makes a good prison movie? Um, Bronson is obviously a unique take. Because mm-hmm. it is, he could not be in prison. The movie's about Bronson. Like it's, that's It's all just a stage for him. As, as relevant as the fake vaudeville stage in his mind. Uh, It's just a a place for his violence.
0: Yeah. As an opening thing, I wonder if, and I hate this, uh, I hate this cliche when people talk about like, oh, New York is a character. But in talking about that, does the prison have to be like a character in the movie? Whereas in Bronson, prison is just the place where he's at. Well, certainly
2: it's. I mean, it can be. I, when it comes to Bronson, I was thinking of it less as a prison movie, just because he seems so content there, and right. he seems like that's where he feels he's so not, at home. He's not trapped. He's and so there willingly it, a prison. You know, the the concept of prison movies always feels like you know either either yearning to be free or like trying to be free or feeling like uh, I guess there might be some instances where people feel like they just belong there and they're being punished justly for Mm -hmm. something whereas with Bronson it's just very different because he is just he's just happy to be there because he gets to fight and be famous Mm -hmm. right
3: I've got a few that pertain to this that I thought of way over here um that pertain to this question Mm -hmm. that I was going to ask of y'all uh I don't know my answers but is Natural Born Killers a prison movie I would say no for me is American History X a prison movie it's on a lot of lists which I think is interesting they're both prison movies to me Yeah, and my answer for, to the question is uh, I need important climactic parts to take place in a prison and it being in a prison is important and then it becomes a prison movie and then I just need it to be a good movie at that point see for me
1: like American History X everything about American History X is between prison. Yes, like and that's and that's I think that's that's also important for a prison movie because it's the yeah. effects of being rehabilitated in jail. It's the you know effects of the, the deterrent factor of you know curb stomping people. It's you know it, it it plays kind of like a damoclean sword role where it's this like looming presence where I think it is a character without really ever being in prison in American History X right. Um, Likewise, twenty fifth hour. It's another Ed Norton prison, yeah. prison non prison movie. It's the same. It's the impending doom of, you know, a drug trafficker.
3: Was he a drug trafficker? I think that's right. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, they find the coke
1: in his couch. Um, uh, like, you know,
3: I, right. uh, yeah, I still think it's 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 that be Sorry.
1: Yeah, oh, no, I was just saying like it's, it's, it's likewise. It's all about him preparing in his last day before he goes to prison. Right. So I would, I would
3: put American History X in a prison. Movie list only because of the changes that happen to the main character and when they happen. Yeah. Even though there's just as much time spent in prison and face off, which is definitely not a prison movie. Right. Or I use The Rock as an example. Like The Rock takes
1: place entirely in Alcatraz. It is not not, not, a, not a prison movie. movie. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. I'd say the, the fulcrum for the character changing would probably be my kind of touchstone for this. American History X is a prison movie. And for me, uh, it's been a while since I've seen it. Natural Born Killers is not. To me, the thrust of that movie, it's a getaway movie. Yeah, it's an on the run movie, which is kind of a different kind of movie for me.
3: Yeah, the Escape from Prisons was hard.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's it's it's, it's like, less a
3: prison movie than American History X is to me. Like Raising <laughs>
0: Arizona is an on the run movie, like Oh Brother, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I kind of think of that as a se- separate genre, but obviously, it, so it's like, hard to natural because you know the whole interview
3: is taking place the whole time throughout in prison. Mm-hmm. So you know they get caught, and then they they get away
2: at the end. Um, for me, it comes to, like: Do we see how the concept of life, or like spending your life in prison—not necessarily your entire life—but spending time in prison? <laughs> uh, Yell cloud too. Does that does that mold the story or shape the characters in any way? And I uh, like, for example, the Twenty Fifth Hour. I think it definitely does because even though it doesn't physically, you only see the. Do you see the prison at the very end of the movie, or do you even see that? No, not, not that I remember. remember.
0: He, he, like, goes off in a cab or a taxi that's, to go there. Yeah, that's
2: what I thought. I thought he was just, yeah, a, he, he gets in a car. Yeah, it's right, um, it's
1: right after the, like, you got to rough me out that scene.
2: But but still, prison and the concept of spending time in prison is what, like, looms over the whole movie. And so I think it definitely definitely matters, whereas, like, just simply being at a prison doesn't necessarily do it. Like, The Rock, for example. right?
0: Like, would Con Air be a prison movie, then?
2: More so than The Rock. Hanging
0: over those yeah. characters. Yeah. It's a prison movie. Yeah.
1: Okay. It's just... It's, the prison is just an airplane. You
0: know. I've okay, got one that I feel like I know the
3: answer to, even though I hate the answer, which is The Longest Yard, which I feel like is definitely a prison movie. Yeah. But... It doesn't have to be a good prison movie. No, yeah. I mean, right. it's definitely not that. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's interesting. I never saw the original. Have you seen the original? Mm-mm.
2: Mm-mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's taking the it's making the best out of a situation of incarceration. Mm-hmm. So i think it, it has to fall within, right? A prison movie.
0: Do you want to talk about the movie you think of when you think of a good prison movie?
1: Yeah, i <laughs> want to i want to jump past Shawshank.
0: Yeah, you know i was going to say i want to I want to hear what people's Next,
1: second movies yeah. are. Um hmm. I think of The Green Mile. Yeah. That's Stephen King.
3: Cuz it's it's <laughs> Green like th- those prison adaptations.
1: Green-, Green Mile to me feels like a movie where people are in prison, and it is showing life in their little jail.
3: Is it Your favorite or what you think of? What Sorry. I think of? Probably think, Green Mile.
0: I probably think uh, I think of Cool Hand Luke, just because it's one of my favorite movies, and mm-hmm. it you know the movie is not possible without the prison setting.
1: Sure. Yeah, it's a great movie.
0: Oh, um, I would
3: probably pick. It's uh, hard though. That. Nothing jumps out of my head like
1: super obvious. Once you once you skip past Shawshank, because yeah. Shawshank, right? <laughs> it's it's Shawshank has become so eponymous with great movie, like prison movie, great acting, like automatic lock
2: top ten. That like
0: and anytime it's on lists, like yeah. rewatchable. Yeah,
2: uh, I was gonna say uh, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I really did like The Great Escape. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean it's
3: it's my second favorite for sure, but not not one that I go to when I somebody's like name a prison movie, right? I don't go Grey Escape, right?
0: Yeah, it's almost like a different subgenre of war prison movies. Yeah, because like Bridge on the River Kwai mm-hmm. could be a war prison movie. Boy in the Trap Pajamas, yeah, yeah. But Kwai Killing is fields, one of my favorite movies at times. Yeah, Rescue Dawn is also really good. I think it's the closest to actual prison movie mm. in the war. Subgenre. So
1: I do want to push, because of Bronson, um, for it to be a good prison movie. Do you think it's necessary for the character to be innocent, be unjustly accused, be a victim of like like brutality by the guards, or can he be kind of just a like a
3: pointless schmuck like Bronson? Um, I mean, mean, yeah you get Edward Norton and American History X yeah he rehabilitates himself he becomes not an asshole but right
0: so uh, he does have the road to redemption right moral trajectory though.
3: still though, like I don't know I always thought that movie was I always thought he was beyond redemption you know I mean obviously he's not in that movie setting right in real life somebody that was like him yeah so like, no they just need to go around jail forever yeah I feel like you don't in, go- inside the movie which is what we do here Right. Yeah. Right.
2: I think. Yeah. I mean. I I think if your main character is indeed a an inmate, and I kind of feel like he should have some sort of redeeming qualities because uh, I I recently watched uh, Birdman of Alcatraz and that guy was a dick. The like that character Robert Stroud was just an asshole. The both in real life and in the movie and takes like an hour and 15 minutes for him to just like learn oh maybe be nice to the guard who like i spend my entire life with yeah uh like kills a character for for something really minor very early in the movie like a character that you you like and uh it's hard to ever get back on board with him really because his if he ever becomes redemptive it's very slowly and not enough and so, I think that's part of the thing that d- that detracts from that movie for me, mm-hmm. is the fact that I just don't like the main character. Yeah. Too much, so I, I can see that. I
1: wouldn't accuse uh, Get the Gringo of even attempting to be a good movie, but the hardest part of it is that Mel Gibson's character in Get the Gringo is, because the story is he's, you know, running drugs and money and is arrested mm-hmm. south of the border and sent to a Mexican prison. Um Which is rife with some great race jokes. Um, (laughs) Sure, but he uh, he's just like a fucking prick the whole movie, and is like like poorly treating like the children who are there, uh, like the women. He's you know like roughing up like kind of like people who could have helped him just if he would have asked. But because he's this hard-nosed career criminal, he's got a reputation to uphold or something stupid. And it just, it makes me not give a shit if he gets out of prison. Or if the movie ends and he dies. Or if the movie ends after ten minutes and it's just like, Mel Gibson went to prison, like, big surprise. Roll credits.
0: I wonder if, like, I can't think of examples of not having a character to root for for their moral trajectory as a movie. We'll say in TV, I think that's probably more possible, more possible, like the the shows. Uh, Oz had a main character who was in there and in over his head, mm-hmm. as yeah. part of it. But uh, like the Night of, if you guys have seen that, does a great examination of prison and justice system. Mm-hmm. That's the point of the movie. I don't think you need that. Right. How if it's a little detached, but I think. Maybe that works better as a TV show instead of a movie. I, I
1: was thinking of Orange Is the New Black, uh, mm-hmm. not because I think it's you know as serious of a oh, yeah. portrayal, but main
0: character you don't really root for. No,
1: you and you don't really like everybody who is incarcerated has like admits to their crimes and and is like knows full well they're there because they deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, Red is a good example. Like she's like, yeah, like of course. But if I had to do it again, I would totally do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just likable. It has nothing to do with the fact that they're in prison. That I think propels that show forward. Um, and it, it's not kind of an examination of the prison system. It kind of is at times, but it is it, here and there. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's more about just if it's a comedy, then that's the situation, right? Mm-hmm. is you know all these all this cast of characters are in
0: they're forced to live together it's the odd couple hundred mm-hmm. yeah it's hard for me to think of an ensemble prison movie though in that same respect Zarya, do uh, you prefer that character
3: then since we kind of have given up on that in movies do you prefer that character to be on a ready redemption or innocent does one make a better plot device
1: I like the a redemptive story over a the system screwed you story. You
3: got framed for it because, like the top, because it's more top two are innocent really. It's just Green Mile and Shawshank the ones we're talking about. mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of morally simple if it's if they're uh, convicted and they're innocent, like the Hurricane Two stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Right, it's kind of you're you're going. these are these are fantastic movies, so I don't want this to be criticism, but you're kinda of going through the numbers of the points you're hitting. Right. To, you know, get this person finally well, vindicated. Those two movies also have like
3: extreme you know, subplots that sure. make them right. different. Sure. Like, like <laughs> Yeah, being God <gone>, pretty <laughs> much. Delch's bees. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I would say I prefer one where the the person is guilty but they're on some kind of so, redemptive arc. So then
3: what is, does the, the crime matter as much? I mean, it obviously doesn't really, because American History X is fine. That pretty much covers everything. <laughs> I mean, it does, but you have to...
1: I, I think it only does in the sense that for uh, the protagonist or the, the, the viewpoint to be on their redemptive arc, it has to be in some of the similar contexts as uh, the, the crime committed. Like, you know, American History X, it's very important that he was a Nazi going into jail, was a Nazi in jail, and then reformed through his relationship with the guy in the laundromat. And then, when he got out, he was dealing with, like, race relations and neo-Nazism. Like, I don't think that you could have a... I mean, it would be hard to have a redemptive character for, like, a child molester.
3: Yeah. Like... I don't remember what happened in, in Little Children now that you mentioned that. What, what did he do after he got out? Anybody seen that besides me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen I've it. Seen what it happened was. to Jack, what, Jack? Was Jackie O'Haley... What happened with him? He was... He was just over it? Yeah, I mean... Think, I, I think that. he had
0: like impulses and stuff but he was out of control. I think he was more um, targeted just because of his past. Yeah. That they falsely kind came to a some conclusions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: It's 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 hard to, to show redemption of a character when the crime they're convicted of is seen by some as just deviance that is not socially accepted. And I'm not saying all of that you know. Sure, like, sure, sure. But you know that is that is certainly a school of thought. And if you if you if you can fall on that, like that has that's the high point of a rapist child molester who's your protagonist is like they recognize the deviance and then they resist the urges. You know, that's that's such a, a, a common human thing that we all do. Mm-hmm. That the redemption feels cheap, yeah, as opposed to like crimes of passion where people like truly repent and when they're in prison, or you know, a Nazi who rehabilitates and realizes that he was being an ignorant
3: fuck before,
1: like is important. It me, it's more meaningful, yeah, than just a personal I I struggle with, with demons. I wonder if
3: they put if they made the the guy who bit the curb rob him as an attempt at well the guy was robbing him. I never thought about that until just now, so if they did they failed, but you know what I mean? It wasn't like he just Yeah, sorry. It wasn't like he just found a right dude and executed him on the street.
1: I think I think it's a trigger moment. It's it's a it's an irrational response, sure. But it's also not his last irrational response. I think it's I think it's it's right. what it's what kicks the kid up to the to the next level. From being kind of a, like a fanboy follower to being like fully fucking in. Yeah. And he just doesn't get to ex- hmm. get get to live out that path. He gets you know. Yeah.
2: When it comes to well executed redemptive arcs, it's it's tough to do that in a movie and I think maybe that's why movies don't do it as much. But I thought like Oz did it really well in that show like um uh, it's been a while since i've seen it but the the muslim character who uh is in jail for blowing up the empty building blowing up the empty building uh he has a fantastic uh character arc yeah in that i think it's it's more easily handled on a multi-season tv show mm-hmm. and i know this is uh, about prison movies but oh no we can do any media yeah that's a People talk about Game of Thrones being an HBO show where they're not afraid to kill characters, but Oz is a show where they're really not afraid to kill characters. Characters <laughs> you love just die mid-season, yeah, because mm-hmm. it's their time. Right in the end of that show, who?
3: Mayhem. Is it J.K. Simmons? Yeah, no. Yeah. Mayhem's uh... uh oh, right, the guy from Oz. <laughs> yeah, that's all I know from. Mayhem oh, oh yeah, so. the
2: guy from the commercials. The yeah. Mayhem commercials. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes. That's Dennis Duffy. So I think of. <laughs> oh yeah, um, but uh, <sighs> yeah. What about um, uh, what about prison movies that aren't explicitly prison, but still have that same quality? Because I thought of uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, yeah, sure. as a prison movie. I mean, it's not an actual prison per se, but they are being kept there. They have what is clearly a uh, sadistic warden or guard, yeah, right, mm-hmm. in their presence, and so
3: one of my favorite villains yeah ever. absolutely. so exactly. actually I
2: mean I might pick that as my favorite prison movie even though it's not explicitly in uh, you know bars and so what were we jail yard. I think it was Just off think... the
3: microphone last time we were here but saying uh, any baby movie is a prison movie <laughs> <laughs> look
1: who's talking <laughs> for being kept there against their will <laughs> yeah. Honey, I Blew Up the Kid is is,
2: is... is it called Honey, I Blew Up the Baby or Honey, I Blew Up the Kid? kid. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Honey, yeah. I Blew Up the Baby. Yeah. And it's kid, both times. Really? Honey, I Blew Up the Kid I was is... really is, is into those it, movies when I was like
1: seven. It's like a prison break movie. <laughs> yeah. But, and what you're talking about, like, Toy Story 3 is also one that people yeah. talk about. as like a prison movie. Yeah, very much a, so. Oh, oh, man. The daycare facility with the, with the Twisted Warden.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, what about when it's so? I Man, he acts like a warden. I never thought about that. Yeah. So, do you think? It, do you think Toy Story three and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest m- lend themselves more to the prison aspect because there's a group of of inmates? Where it, compare that to compare that to uh, 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 James McAvoy in not Sean movie, just split, get, split, which is about imprisonment, right? But it's about one person like compare that to just what about room
1: I think that there has to be an institutional aspect to it um, and which is what keeps
3: I mean Toy Story 3 is a little bit of a stretch but sure. it's, a good, it's a good allegory um, for well they're taking it out of society and putting in a Right. Put else. Yeah. I mean, they are in a room too, though. Yeah, but they're. But, but, but it's by, one. By they're put in a community, right. a small community, away from society. But
1: like, if if you, if you had like a similar story about uh, a bunch of elderly folks at an old folks' home, I would agree that that could also be a setting for a prison movie. Right. Because that is it's it's a societally accepted confinement and lack of freedom for a, a, a subset of people for any given for a, a particular reason. Right. If it's just a single actor abducting a woman uh, or a group of young girls, then I have a harder time considering it a prison setting, even though know, they're being falsely imprisoned. I agree. I just was curious if it yeah. ended.
0: What about, like, Heavyweights as a prison movie? <laughs> ben, ben Stiller is the Twisted Warden. Isn't he in Heavyweights? Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. The... I'm trying to think of some
2: other... It's funny because I was also just thinking of uh, when you mentioned old old folks' homes. I thought of Ben Stiller in yeah. Happy Gilmore. Yeah, I do. Right? Yeah. I think you have to be a, you have to be there against your will a little bit too. Yeah. So, I mean, not that not that they're not. That's always
3: I, I was getting I was confusing myself like going meta on The Great Escape. It's like, but they're already somewhere against their will. <laughs> they're against their will against their will. Are they free then? <laughs> Does it cancel each other out?
1: What's next on your sheet? I was the realism. Um, but do you think that movies about prison kind of get a pass with violence? Do you think they get to be more violent because people are it's expected? Yeah, because people just assume the worst. Like, I think
0: there's both assumed physical violence and sexual violence. Yeah. In, in prison movies. Mm-hmm. And
3: yeah, I, mean, I think that prisons are portrayed in media in a very fictionalized way anyway, that... Sorry, guess. guys. Um, that the <laughs> end goal is rehabilitation. Yeah. When I don't think that's... Right. They, the only reason they want to rehabilitate them is because they cost money and they want to get rid of them. Sure. So generally, it's just they fucking keep them in check, which is why they're so violent. But that doesn't make for a good movie. <laughs> no, yeah. And this is, this is off kind of the good movie part. Right, but, yeah, yeah. You
1: know, there's... It's whether they're not more realistic. Is right. Because I think a, a truly realistic uh, depiction of incarceration would be like in Cool Hand Luke, him sitting in solitary throwing a baseball against the wall for mm-hmm. days
3: and days and days. boring. Yeah, real boring. And, yeah. Bored. Yeah, not, not that Cool Hand Luke's boring. Yeah. Obviously
0: not, but... Well, that's a very interesting way to deal with boredom. It's like the eating 50 hard-boiled eggs is right. dealing with that.
1: Yeah. Or in, you know... It's it's dumb, but you know, in in Orange Is the New Black, it's them making the uh, the like like toilet wine or Mm -hmm. just like entertaining themselves in however they can. There's actually news stories right now that Magic the Gathering, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, is really big in prison right now because it's something they can do because it's just so fucking boring. Mm Because that's that's the one requirement is you got to stay here and you don't get anything. Right. So like, well, here's a piece of paper and some pencils it's like use your imagination and it's like they can they can do that All right um, that's cool and that's not a
3: very compelling movie right <laughs> just don't Dungeons Dragons I mean I think that would be a dope movie <laughs> yeah I was gonna say oh, I'd check that out
2: that's kind of what Birdman of Alcatraz is about is just the boredom which is why he like he's walking around in the little small yard one day and he finds a bird and he's just like oh I can do this, maybe. I'll just take care of a bird, mm. and then he just becomes an expert mm. on birds because he has nothing else to do.
0: I also think it's the the best parts of, not to mention the, uh, you know, Shawshank Memorial topic, but best parts of Shawshank are about that things people do and obsess about because they're bored.
1: Yeah, or it's like the Last Castle when Robert Redford is just like seemingly he's just like I'm going to move that wall,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: just like he's he's told as a punishment to move the pile of rocks. And so he does it, and then one day, without being punished, he just moves it all back. Just He builds the wall. Yeah. That movie's good. Yeah. I forgot about that. It's a great film yeah. movie.
0: I like that movie a lot.
1: What was, the, what was the dumb thing they did with the salute? Like, hands through the hair? Yeah. Because <laughs> they weren't allowed to salute. Because it was a military act,
0: whatever.
3: There are bad parts of that movie. Just, sure. Really good.
1: It was it entertaining. Good it was good. entertaining shit. Good yeah. Silly parts. The Last of Castle. That,
3: but... uh, Robert Redford, James Gandolfini, Delbert Lindo. Really elevated
0: Floyd. by the acting in that movie. Yeah. Yep. Crazy,
3: crazy cast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of the guy who I think gets shot in the head with a rubber bullet with well, the first kid to die That spot where sparks everything. Oh, I don't remember. Um, he was really good, though. Yeah.
1: Thinking about Dungeons and Dragons and roles, you know, in prison movies you have this, like, cast of characters who, at this point, are pretty predictable. Yeah. Is there, like, anything that you... Like, if you are a screenwriter to your prison movie, is there... A, a stereotype you leave out or is there one that you want to focus on for a change like you want you want to follow the snitch find out the reasons find out what pressure the guards have on the
3: snitch maybe like the psychopath I feel like that's in every fucking person movie. like the one guy you can't read yeah I think the guy who's Steve Buscemi
0: who, or who gets strapped down at night cause, yeah, yeah. My, my thing would be the one guy that can get anything which makes I thought about that which makes like, the, it's like, it explains away any kind of prison logic. How is like, oh, this guy can get anything. He's <laughs> great, but there's Red and Shawshank. There's guys in The Last Castle. There's guys in The Night Of. There's guys in pretty much any prison movie who can get you what you want. Mm-hmm. Which I that... think is a good narrative uh, solution for some writers, but I'm kind of tired of that. I mean, I think there's, there's I mean, it's true. There, there is a way to get stuff in some prisons, mm-hmm.
2: but it 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 does seem rule breaking it's true. it's a
0: little convenient sometimes mm-hmm.
2: i was going to say the like sadistic guard i mean because i feel yeah, like for most yeah. guards in in prison it's probably it's it's a job and they're yeah. a little nervous to be there and so i feel like when the the guard is like just a full-blown sadist or whatever in movies it's a little
1: I think it's think a little funny coming from the person who who just on the last podcast watched the Stanford Prison Experiment.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. Where sadism is unintentional. I think, I think right, and I think that's more interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that it's more interesting than... It's like,
0: where that comes from.
2: Right. Yeah. Because, you know... Rather
0: than just pure evil.
2: Right. Yeah, That's why I like... I keep bringing up Orange is New Black, but uh,
1: Bennett, who's like the, the prison guard who is, like, the nice dude, the war veteran, versus Pornstache, who's kind of, like, on the brink of being, like, yeah. the sadist. But the two of them together are are interesting takes on prison guards, where one of them, it's like, hey, it's just a job, and the other one is, like, these bitches will do whatever you
2: want. Yeah, uh, and I'm not saying it's bad to have the sadistic guard. I'm just it's been done a few times, and it's been, mm-hmm. it's been done about as well as you can do it.
0: Yeah, I think so it's it's the obvious symbol, too. It's, like, the symbol for the... Like the oppression, oppression of the prison industrial complex yeah. is this guy who yeah. doesn't doesn't care about rehabilitation. is keeping you there, and it's being sadistic about it. Mm-hmm. Who's left though after those, yeah, those characters? Right. What about the there? like the the,
2: <laughs> the visiting wife or girlfriend? It seems to be the same in every fucking prison movie. Yeah.
1: Well, and there's there's well, I think like there's there's two takes on it. There's the, the the devotee, and then there's the I'm divorcing your. Deadbeat ass.
3: Yes. I don't know. There's, there's a lot. There's the, there's like the old guy who pushes the cart of books around. Who <laughs> <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's in every fucking one. Yeah. And it's, it's
1: probably intentionally Genji Cohen that like in, in Orange is the New Black it's a like an, an overweight black woman who's like the librarian who's like 16 when the show starts. Yeah. So just like you know, in probably intentionally throwing trips on their head. Um, not just because it's a a women's prison and a minimum security women's prison or medium. I forget what it is. Minimum or medium. I feel like another
2: thing we're also, maybe it's, I haven't seen a a ton of prison media, but, uh, maybe it's, it's like the, the likable warden who just can't bring himself to fire the, the, the really bad people. I feel like that's a thing too in some movies where it's like uh the, the prisoner, if you could just get some time with the warden. Like I know in uh in uh that Fox show, uh Prison break. break.
1: I fucking hate that show. Yeah, that boy, that The first that, season's great. Yeah. But seasons two through five. <laughs> Unwatchable. Because they already break out of the prison at the end of the first season. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
2: But yeah, in that one, it was like the the warden was likable and the guards were not. Yeah. And it was just, I don't know. Yeah. The the, the warden seems to act like, well, my hands are tied. Right. That's the... Like, we need guards.
1: It's like, yeah, but these are like the worst guards. These are like negative guards. These are making your prisoners like murder each other.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what can I do? (laughs) i got to answer to the governor. At the same point, you also have like the the, the twist of, you know, there's the conflicted guards mm-hmm. in the Twisted Warden like we've already seen.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, there's always the, the governor is so involved in so many of these movies, it seems like. where uh, I, I wonder
0: how many days that the governor is actually thinking about I, a prison in most I know.
2: states. <laughs> like, maybe a third
0: of one total day. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I feel like it's it's not up And Then
0: Brewbaker, he's the governor's like in yeah. every like every meeting they have about the prison, the governor shows like, up. Well, I got to be here, right? And it's out
2: this like rural farm, prison farm, too. It's yeah. not even in a major city. It's in like
0: Louisiana or something.
2: Yeah. I think Ar- Arkansas, Arkansas. Arkansas. But yeah. It's just this it's weird how involved the governors are and how much they care in some of these.
0: It's their first duty when they swear in. It's like you're in a you, the warden works directly for you. <laughs>
1: okay. Any, any any closing thoughts about what makes a good prison movie or what makes a prison movie? Any any fun things? I know one thing that I want to interject as as our country is going more and more private uh, privatized. Uh, I would you know OITNB was good with the their their short little private prison stint. Sure. But I, w- I would like to see more of that. Obviously not like. 13 or the 13th but examination of the private prison
2: system a little in, little in fictional telling that yeah yeah that'd be interesting
0: yeah kind of contrasts with the uh you know the same prison themes we've had since we started having prison movies
1: yeah there's like two movies that are both about like if somebody plays this game in prison about pressing a button or getting out and doing these tasks then they can be like exonerated or set free. And I always forget, but one of them is called Law Abiding Citizen, and the other one is called something else
0: Citizen Abiding Law. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they get them confused because there's so many prison movies that are just like
3: just crammed yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Law Abiding Citizen stands out for the first scene, anyway. It tortures a dude. Oh. Tortures him like the way that you would torture somebody if that was your goal. Mm-hmm. Not like pulling your fingernails out, but like slowly burning all of his limbs and searing them back together like at the end. Like Yeah, that does it. <laughs> that would do the trick. Um and like Death Race is is outstanding
1: for its uniqueness, but it's an awful fucking movie. <laughs> yeah,
3: I was gonna say anything kind of fresh, like I don't think anything I mean, you yeah, know, Stephen King wrote Dream Mile early eighties, but that there's nothing fresh on that except for the supernatural aspect. Everything else has been done. Right. And been yeah. done and been done. Same thing for, for Shawshank. I mean mm-hmm. It's a short story that's got good characters, and then the film adaptation was just incredible for no reasons. Yeah, there were no reasons that made that movie <laughs> good. That that make a movie a good prison movie. It's right. just a great movie that sets yeah. that that needs the prison as a mm-hmm. setting.
0: Right. I've always wanted to see the Luc Besson movie Lock-a- Lockout. Mm-hmm. with Guy Pierce, it's like space jail. Yeah, seems like that. some earlier. different takes on some different yeah. kinds of prisons. Thinking about like The Toy Stories and mm-hmm. Cuckoo's of the World. That's
2: like uh, Escape from New York is yeah. in a way a prison movie. Mm-hmm. sure. Well, that's prison.
1: A lot. Thanks for allowing us to arrest your attention with it. <laughs> uh, where's my hammer? We're right going to We're <laughs> going <gonna>, to <laughs> jailhouse rock going out of here. Fucking <laughs>
2: god,
0: do it. Alright, so talking about uh, homework I'm assigning the next homework It's going to be a draft Okay And uh, it'll be interesting We may have to tweak it a little bit for the rules But I want to do the movie uh, Steve Coogan, Rob Brydon movie The Trip Fun (sighs) I love that
2: movie I've seen it, yeah, it's great Has everyone seen that? I have not seen it so I'll I'll totally watch it again I'd love to talk about it It's a
0: delight And I'm going to The draft is going to be Fictional Meals you're drafting like a, uh, drafting, I don't know, we'll figure it out. Some kind of like five course meal or like the five meals you can have. And I'm talking about chef, like the, uh, Olio, oh, yeah. the, the Cuban, oh, yeah. but also the pasta he makes. Mm-hmm. Cause I know you love the, um, YouTube series where the guy makes that stuff for real. The fish, yeah. There's yes. the Goodfellas, uh, Goodfellas pasta that they make. You can go in the Game of Thrones, video um, games, TV, anything.
1: I hope I get a first pick for the Pan Gargle Blaster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shit, yeah,
3: that's a perfect pick. But when
2: you pick the when you pick the trip, I thought we were gonna be drafting Michael Caine impressions.
3: <laughs> What's the um the ice cream in the, the good place there, to, too? Where all the flavors are like like newborn baby. Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll like you'll eat it, you'll be like, you're like Oh, I do feel like I'm holding a newborn baby now.
0: (laughs) See, maybe we can get creative with it. Uh, uh, Stay away from documentaries, like No Hero Dreams of Sushi or anything like that. I would do like fictional. 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 Because he's like, makes the best sushi in the world. And just to say that would just be a little bit boring. I love that documentary. It's fantastic. I'm still worried about makes the best sushi in the world. It's like... Like, I
3: get it. There's, like, a way to prep it, but, like, you're literally cutting fish up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like a butcher. is like, he's the best cook in the state. It's like, he just cuts the meat off of you. Yeah. It. It's, right. like, it's
0: like jazz. It's the cuts you don't make. <laughs> <laughs> and this
1: has been Talky Talk. Yep. So that's
0: that's the homework of the trip, and we'll talk about fictional. Fun. Meals. Cool. cool. Alright, so this was Tommy Talk, the podcast for The Media by us.com. Please visit the site and see our stuff. Uh, check us out on Twitter and our Gmail email address. Uh, check us out on Facebook. We have multiple Facebook groups for your Facebook needs and a Facebook page. We're Facebooked up. And uh, all those hyperlinks are in the show notes. Um, and please engage with us about uh, topics you want to hear, stuff you want to see, things you want to feel. And leave us a review. <laughs> Like, like, if you want to hold an infant, how, how can we make that happen? Oh, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know I should have done this by reading, not just off memory. No, you're doing great. Uh, but thanks to... I want to say thanks to the Willow Walkers for providing oh, intro, intro, intro music. And yes. thanks to Boo Rifa for providing the <laughs> outro music. And uh, I want to say thanks to you guys. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, thanks Friends, <laughs> TJ <DJ>. thanks TJ <laughs> so gross Creepy and I want to say it's, it's been fun after the break getting back and doing this so,
3: yeah, yeah yeah. we're back for a while now I think we had a crazy few weeks
1: yep things happened and people getting married people almost dying it's been a crazy couple weeks yep so <laughs> I want to say thanks for listening <laughs> it's true it <laughs> sounds ridiculous like contextualize <laughs> it but those two things
2: Back to back. Bye guys. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> bye.
0: Kicking rocks
2: down old dusty roads. Small towns, slow folks. long time ago.
0: Kicking out records of all the things that I know. All the things that I know.